We're on page 31, Ois Dalad, Sif Dalad of the Mimer. Last Ois of this Mimer. Just to recap from Sif Gimel, is when we contrast, to compare to contrast the two reasons for this arousal of mercy, the feeling of mercy, which can come from two, um, two sources. Either because of hergish, because of how much empathy you have for the person's matzav, and then you're able to feel what he's going through, and therefore you can or be aroused with mercy because you feel what the person's missing, and then you have mercy and pity on that person, and you want to help them get what they need. Or the other reason, source of arousal of the mercy is from the remimus, isnasis, being totally uplifted and above the subject of the mercy, and being that you're so above it and so removed, therefore everything is considered pitiful and nothing in the eyes of the menachim, and automatically... He is aroused with mercy. And we compare and contrast to them, seemingly they're opposite. The hergish implies the kudav edich, when you're close, therefore you can feel what they're missing, therefore you have mercy. Whereas isnasis implies that you're totally far, and therefore you don't feel, and you don't feel mercy for them. So we said that the difference is that the isaidus of mercy, when it comes from hergish, the hergish is the direct cause, the empathy is the direct cause for the feeling of mercy. Whereas in the Remus, Isnasis, the direct cause is not the Remus, rather it is the Teva, that Hashem ingrained within humans, that there is a, this ingrained nature that the Merumim has a natural feeling of mercy for the Shuffle. Somebody who is uplifted, exalted, very high stature automatically has a natural feeling of mercy for somebody who is lowly. And that is because it is rooted, a man is great in the image of God, and therefore just like an Hashem has this natural affinity towards the lowly, the, um, like we quoted all these different psukim, which express that idea, though so too a person has this natural affinity, somebody who's a high level, or a high stature person, has affinity towards the shelf, the shvelim. Um And then we said, being that these two types, these rachmans come from two different sources, remus or hergish, we must say that there's a difference between them. And we went through Seemingly, the difference is that hergish can apply to both somebody who is a high stature, a rich person, or a rich person knowledge, or rich person physical, and a poor person. Because when you feel what they're going through, you also realize that even the rich person has things which he's lacking, and therefore you have mercy for them. Whereas the mercy which comes from Remus Visnasus, it's only on, since the Teva is, that the Menemim has a Rachman for the Shuffle, seemingly it can only apply to the Shuffle. Let me explain that's not true. That because this remus, this arachim that comes from remus, is from such a high level in godliness and also within the soul, the example for this remus, this rachmim in the physical would be a king who is a true king who is truly exalted and uplifted and disconnected, not in the same realm as his subjects. Therefore, his mercy extends to all of them equally because all the subjects, the highest minister to the lowest, most poorest person are equal, because he can just make this high minister into nothing in one second, take away all his wealth, etc. And being that he is Meshich Kolam, he's higher than the rest of the nation, his Amidas are higher than the Meishin of the rest of the nation. So in a totally different realm, therefore everyone is considered Shvelim before before the king. So to by Hashem, every creation, the highest to the lowest, is considered nothing, just like before infinity, which is not in the realm of numbers, a million and one are totally equal, and equally unimportant and insignificant. So really, compared to when the Rachm is being Nimshach, who's coming from this Remimus, 
it can, it can apply to the um, high and the low equally, just like the hergish, the hergish rachmim comes from, can apply to both the um, high and the low, the rich and the poor. The difference is, um, so the true difference is that the the rachmim which comes from the hergish, there's different levels. How much rachmim each person deserves, how much pity the person feels. The rich person, the higher stature person, doesn't deserve as much mercy as the poor, lower stature person. Whereas the Yachimim, which comes from the Remimus, it's to everybody, to all the subjects equally. Only when the king, or when Hashem, lowers himself to investigate and to take care of each individual, then basically it transfers over to the second type of Yachimim, the Hergish type of Yachimim. But when it, the Yachimim just stems from the Remimus, then everyone gets equal amount of Rachmim because there are no differences in that, at that level. Whereas the Hergish Rachmim, the whole Indian of this Hergish, is you're feeling what their Matzav is, their personal Matzav. Now starting on Sif Dalit. So now the analog for all this will be understood above in divinity and godliness in the Machus in the heavenly kingdom. Just like we've been explaining in this muscle of the Remimus, the Rachman, which the feeling of mercy, which stems from the being uplifted and removed from the subjects, how it applies to a king, a flesh and blood king, a real king though, not a king um, in the sense where the people just decided this person should be king, democratic king, rather a king in the true sense that he, in his nature and his makeup, is kingly. Like we said, so understand this. These ideas of the Rachman, which comes from the Isnasas Rimbus, or the Rachman, which comes from the Hergish, the empathy, how it applies to the heavenly kingdom of Hashem. There are two type, different types of drawing down of flows of divine mercy into the worlds, the higher worlds and the lower worlds. Two different types of mercy. Just like we said, there's two different types of mercy, one stemming from Hergish, one stemming from Rimbus, and as it applies to a in the earthly kingdom. When the king is in his exalted state, not relating to the, the nation at all, not thinking about the nation's affairs, then it's just a rachim to everyone deserves the exact same rachim because compared to his essential state, how he is to himself, the king is totally removed from all the subjects equally. Like I said, even the, the greatest sar is nothing compared to the king. But when he um, lowers himself and starts to get involved in the affairs of the of the of the um, country. Then his rachim starts to take on the hergish type of rachim, the empathy. He starts to feel each one's matzav, and therefore the rachim differs compared to the state of each person. So now, to explain this, So before we get into this, I'll bring another verse to explain a little bit more um, something else, another concept about kingship, about malchus, and then eventually we'll get back to these two different types of rachim. So it says in Tehillim, I will uplift you from the word from Lashon Remus. I will exalt you, my God, the King, and I will bless your name forever and ever. So, what is the deeper explanation in this verse? So, I'll, the shot is I will speak about your Remus, Hashem. I'll speak about how great you are, your greatness of Hashem, and how you're totally removed from everything all the limited creations and even the highest creations and I will basically speak about your fame um, forever and ever so 
Melech Bashimcha Shneim Behem Kinuim Lesh Yerzam Alchostatzilis. So according to Chassidus, this verse is, is using these different words, saying Adamim Chalikai Ha Melech Avorcha Shimcha Neilavod. It's like a two-part thing. The first part of the verse is saying Adamim Chalikai Melech. I will talk about your rimus, your exaltedness, my God, the King. And the second thing, I will bless your name forever and ever. So that Melech, the King, and the name are synonymous here. They're both nicknames, terms which refer to Malchus of Atzilus. The lowest sphere of the world of Atzilus. So obviously, we're speaking about Hashem's kingship, therefore, it's the Hashem's re- revelation. The first revealed aspect of Hashem's qualities, Midas, are the spheres of Atzilus. So, um, Hamelech is obviously Malchus, the king, and Shimcha, the name, is also a term which refers to the kingship of Hashem, Malchus of Atzilus. Why? Because the name always refers to uh, Malchus, just like a king is. This attribute of being a king is something external. It, it only is not part of the king himself, meaning the king's wisdom, his intellect, and his emotions, which is deep, the essence of the king. Whereas his malchus, his ability to be a king over a nation, is an external aspect of how he relates to the outside world, how he is king over his country. So too, the idea of shame, a name, is just the external aspect of the person. The person himself doesn't need a name if he's by himself which shows you that the name is an external aspect of the person, which allows other people to call him and him basically to relate to the outside world. Just like this idea of kingship is an attribute which is not directly related to the essence of the king, but rather how he relates to his subjects. So that's the connection of, of shame and um, to Malchus. And it says, your kingship is the uh, kingship for all the, of all the worlds. Basically, in the Pshat, you rule over all the worlds of Shem. But what is a deeper explanation here? Malchus referring to Malchus of Atzilus, your kingship, which is referring to Hashem's attribute of kingship in the world of Atzilus. That all the worlds, like the verse says, all the worlds, their creation, their, their bringing into being, comes from Malchus of Atzilus. That is the source of the creation of all, of all the created worlds. Of Briatiratsia come from Malchuscha, from your kingship, I mean the fear of Malchus of Atzilus. Basically, is the channel through which the divine energy of Atzilus, the infinite energy of Atzilus, of Hashem, funnels through that channel of Malchus. And then when it goes through that symptom, that Helen, that Malchus brings about, it's able to create, bring about created worlds. So, Malchus is basically this channel, this funnel, this intermediary, which basically brings about a certain symptom. And a helm on the oir, the oir of the key, on the godly infinite energy to bring it down to the realm of the finite. So that's why Machuschal, your kingship, Machuschal is the source of all the worlds, creation of all the worlds. The Machuschal he mocker the ilmus biya. The Machuschal is the source of the creation of the worlds of the created worlds of biya tirasia. The zeo now I'm returning to the verse. Adamim chalikai hamelech. So zeo alikai hamelech. I will exalt you. My God, the King. The King we know is referring to Malchus Vatilis, the Likai, who Lushan Kechvichilis. When it says the Likai, my God, so the word Alikim and Kale in general is a word which implies power. Lushan Kechvichilis said, when a person says Alikim, you have to have the Kavana of Takif, Bal Yachilis, Bal Kechis Kulum, the all powerful one, all able, and has. Includes within him all powers, 
And that's what it says. Another verse. This Eli Haaretz Lokach. Eli Haaretz. The Mepharshim says Giboyri Haaretz, the strong ones. So Elikai, this comes to this word Elikim or Kale, which is basically the idea of power. So Elikai is in a has the it's the same root as the idea of Koyach Rechilus, power and ability. Um, so Hinei Ari Now, what do we mean when we say I will exalt you? Elikai, which is this power, all-powerful God, Amelech, which is Malchus Vatilis. And I will bless your name forever and ever. So within this verse, there's hinting to two different levels in divinity. One is what it says, I will exalt you, Elikai, my God, the King. So this is one level. And Elikai is referring to the Koyach V'yechoylis. Um the ability, the power of Hashem to create, which is being funneled through Hamelech, through Malchus Vatilis, to create the worlds, the created worlds of Biyah. Um, but now we're describing Malchus here, which is both described in Hamelech and, Sh- and Shimcha, the shame. We're describing it with two different words. One of them, the first one is Aremimcha, Remus, and one of them is Avarcha, Bracha. So there's two different levels of Malchus here we're talking about. Aremimcha, Lechaimelech, the godly energy which is being funneled through Malchus, what we're talking about in the in the characteristic of Remus here. Because Malchus is an attribute of divinity, and in general an attribute, which is Remus Visnasis, which is in a state of exaltedness and removed, and um, being exalted, being above. Because Malchus is actually different from all the other Sphiris. In its characteristics and its qualities, as far as midas datzilas, it's different from all the other qualities of the midas of the attributes of datzilas. Shemiyiris b'chinas kiruv. All the other attributes of datzilas are basically relate to the outside world, to their creations, the lower creations, in a way of kiruv, of closeness. Basically, they're begili, they're felt, and within the creations. K'moy midas chesed datzilas in the matter midas chesed he. So, like for example, the, the attribute of chesed of atzilis. So below in our physical world, a person's feeling of kindness that he has in his heart, that's what causes, causes him, he's feeling kind, that's what causes him to give over whatever, uh, charity to a poor person, or to give over from his time to help somebody else because he feels kind in his heart. Um, but it's just causing this ashpa, this giving over of something, this influx of some type of influence. But he gam came but it's also in a way of kiruf. Basically, chesed, this feeling, what you're feeling of chesed, is bringing you to a kiruf, to the subject of this uh, kindness, whatever whoever you're going to be dealing kind with. But in divinity, the difference is that the midas of chesed, the attribute of chesed of atzilus, he atzma nishpa. It itself is not, the, it's not just the source of the ashba. Your feeling of kindness is the source for you giving over charity. Actually, the midah of chesed of atzilis is actually being nishba, is actually being, um, um, is actually flowing over to the creations. And it's the way it's relating to creations is in a way of kiruv, which is felt within the creations. Chesed and all the other midahs are relating to the creations, the outside world, to the subjects of this influence in a feeling of closeness in a revealed way in a way that the creations feel it.
Like we say in the Shemini Asri, you provide the life with chesed. You give over life to all of creation with chesed, with kindness. Which this what does it imply? Is that Hashem is giving life to all of creation with kindness, meaning with a feeling of closeness. The way that Hashem interacts through chesed with creation is a way where He is felt and sensed within creation. And also the attribute of kindness of divinity of Hashem. Even though Gvura in its very essence is actually the opposite of Kiruf, that's when you're basically um, concealing yourself, removing yourself from the um, from the subject. You're dealing stringently, setting up boundaries, so you're not coming closely to. It, even though it's Shemash it's it's giving over Gvura's stringencies. Nevertheless, it still acts in a way of Kiruf. Because when we're talking about, um, you're still basically dealing with a subject. You're not totally removed from them. Even though you're dealing with a subject in a stringent way, in a strict way, you're still connecting to that person. The fact that you're dealing strict with them shows you that you're connecting with them. Just your connection is defined in a strict way instead of a kind way. So, so to above, um, when Hashem is interacting with the creations, with the world, in a way of Buddha, it is in a way of tigbeida sechayis. Gevura is also not just miloshin, not in the sense of strictness of basically concealment of tzimtzum, but rather in the sense of tigbeida, of overpowering, an intensity, an intense flow of energy. So basically, it's the way that Hashem interacts with creation when He gives over an intense flow of energy, whereas chesed is more of a timid, um, tamed flow of energy. So we see again that the, this other mida is interacting with creation in a way of kiruv, where the energy is felt with creation. All the divine attributes of Atzilus interact with creation in a way of Kirov where they're felt and they're revealed, they're sensed within creation. However, like we said earlier, that Malchus is totally different. And that's why we say, that this divine energy which is being channeled, the Alekai, the divine energy of Hashem, the infinite energy of Hashem is being, which is being channeled through Malchus of Atzilus, Amalekh, we're describing it in a way of Arimimcha. It's in, meaning that it's quality, its characteristic, is a way of and that's how it's different from all of the spheres. All the other spheres of Atzilus interact with the creations in a way of closeness, in a way where, where their, their influence is felt is sensed within the creations. However, spheres of Malchus is um, he it's in a state of exaltedness, is removed from the um, creations, from the subjects. If I care, through the fact that Hashem, that Hashem takes on this quality of kingship, meaning he becomes the king, and how is the king defined? That he is exalted, uplifted, removed from the nation. That is what makes the nation. There's no king without a nation. Meaning the fact that the Hashem exalts, removes himself from creation, that is how he, that's, very, that's the very thing which makes him a king. If he would be close to the nation, he wouldn't be a king anymore. People would treat him differently. They wouldn't treat him kingly. That's why a king cannot be a king over his children because they already have too much of a close relationship with him. The only way he can be king is if he's totally merumim, menusa, if he's totally removed and exalted above the nation. So that's what makes him into the king. So therefore we see that the whole definition, quality of malchus, it's taken is 
uh, it's, not, it's not interacting with creation in a closeness in a way that it feels the influence. Rather, its interaction is in a way where it removes, it's removed from creation. That's why we see the halacha is the pashtas in the physical world that a flesh and blood king you're not allowed to ride on the king's horse. You can't sit on his throne. And that all of these different actions are in order that your um, fear, your awe should be upon the king. That the, the king's um, awe should be upon you. So basically you're, you're all doing all these different actions which are expressions of your awe of the king. And why are you in awe of the king? Because the king is totally exalted, it's totally above you. The main definition of what makes a person a king and is this awe and this reverence that the nation has for the king. If there is no awe and reverence, then there is no king. He's just a friend. He's a fellow, even if he's a high you know, minister, but he's still, he's, he, you have a relationship with him. Now the king is somebody you have to treat in a totally, totally different way. He's totally exalted above everybody. And that definition is a fear-based, a a awe-based definition, a awe-based relationship. The Yida and this feeling of fear, he made only comes from Remus. The Kolmash is from something which is totally exalted and removed from the person. The more that an entity is more removed and totally exalted above the person, the more fear and awe and dread the person will feel from that entity. And the whole idea of having a king is that you have to have this fear, this awe. So therefore, you must say that the king is removed, is menusa, is merumum. Without that, he there is no awe, there is no fear, and without that, there is no king. That's what I just said. That's for that very reason that the relationship between a king and the nation has to be one of fear, one of awe, and therefore there has to be, the king has to be removed, exalted above the nation. For that very reason, it's not possible to have a kingship over children, or relatives, because he already has a close relationship with them. And the whole definition of a kingship is only when the king is totally removed and exalted above the nation, which, which brings about, which produces this feeling of awe from the king. And the only way to have the king is the awe, reverence-based relationship. So all this applies to Malchus of the world of Atzilus, this attribute is different from all the spheres, that it's not, it doesn't interact with the creation in the way of Kirov, of closeness. Rather, it is totally exalted, removed from the creation. The Eina Kamei Shari Medes of is not similar to the other Medes of Atilus, Shehem, Vikhanes Yishtal Shalos, Shehistam Kirov, Erech Zalazah. All the other Medes descend from one another and relate to one another in a chain like descent, just like a chain. Each link is connected to the, the next link. So to each sphere, Chesed is interconnected with Gibura, and Gibura is basically derived directly from the chesed and then comes tiferes etc etc basically they all have a close relationship with each other and they derive from each other and also therefore they also relate to creation in a way of kirif just like they relate to each other in a way of kirif directly deriving from each other so too they relate to creation in a way which they are felt within creation but when it comes to the sphere which is the main point of this Sfira is that Hashem should be a king over the nation, it should be a king over the subjects, over all of creation. Meaning, in the sense we're talking about in the physical king, 
We want the subjects to feel separate. We want them to feel that they're totally removed from the king and therefore they have an awe. When it comes to godly kingship, the spirit of Malchus, when Hashem is revealing himself to the world through Malchus, the point is that there should be a nation, which a nation implies a, a separate entity, which feels itself totally removed and totally distant from the king, from Hashem. So that is what it means when Hashem is the king, he's revealing himself to the world through kingship, it's in a way where he's totally removed and exalted from the worlds. So he's being revealed through through Malchus of Atzilus in order that there should be worlds beyond the created worlds, which by their very definition they are beyond the they're created worlds, limited, and they seem in their own perception they seem to themselves separate from divinity. So that is the whole idea of a nation. A nation is something which feels totally separate and removed from the king. So too the worlds. Created worlds feel totally separate from divinity, from Hashem's essence. Hinei, Kazu is such a creation to bring about worlds, creations, entities which feel themselves separate, limited, totally opposite of the infinite essence of Hashem. Such a creation, can only come about in a way of creation which implies Yashmi'ayin, something from nothing. She's meaning, it's a creation of something which has no comparison. In relationship whatsoever to the source of the creation. Whereas the Yisabas of the, the Midas are all Be'erech, it's a Ilva'ol, they're a cause and effect, they directly descend from one another, or derive from, one, from each other, and therefore relate to creation in a way, in a revealed way. Whereas to bring about an existence, created worlds which have no feeling of their source, that can only be through Yeshmi Ayin, the creation of something from nothing, meaning that the something does not feel its source at all, where it's created from. And that is only brought about through Hashem revealing His creative power through Malchus, which creates that the divine energy should not be felt in the creations. And therefore, they feel themselves separate and limited. Only through this quality of the um, exaltedness, the upliftedness of Malchus, which that's the whole definition of what Malchus is, through that quality, that's how the creations, the creative worlds of Biyah, are brought, are brought into being through specifically through the Malchus, which is totally different. That it relates to the subjects, the creations, in a way of instead of in a way of Kiruf. Amnam, however, even though we just explained the main difference between Malchus and the other Svides is basically Malchus, its whole relationship with it, the subjects. Um, which it creates is in a way of Rikuk and all the other spheres, um, all the other emotive attributes of the world of Atsilis. They relate to, they relate in a way of Kiruf. Um, however, there is also a influx of energy which comes from Malchus, which relates to the subject in a way of Kiruf, in a way of closeness. So it, it says in a verse now depicting this idea that Malchus relates to the created beings in a way of closeness. It says, through the speech of Hashem, the heavens were created, and through the breath of his mouth were all the hosts created. So we spoke earlier already that the speech of Hashem is relating to Malchus. Speech is synonymous with Malchus. And that's the same thing that's shame. The name is synonymous with Malchus. Just like speech, Malchus, the whole idea is how I relate, how I am king over my subjects. Meaning it's not a quality inherent, it's not an essential quality which defines who the king really is. 
It's just the way that he is a king over his subjects. So to speech, the whole idea of speech is just how I relate to the outside world. Not something I can speak, something totally opposite of who I am. I can be one, when I feel one thing and I can speak something totally different. So speech is something very external. So that's why speech is synonymous with malchus, an external quality. And so it says that the whole, basically all the worlds were created through Hashem's speech. And also it says, forever is Hashem's word standing firmly in the heavens. Another verse um, showing to us, alluding to this idea that Hashem creates everything through His speech. This is referring to, these verses referring to the speech of Hashem, which brings into being and enlivens all the creations in a particular way. Every single detail of creation is enlivened by the speech of Hashem and created and enlivened by the speech of Hashem. And already here, we see that the speech of Hashem is relating, is enlivening with a detailed chayas, meaning a chayas which relates to every single being in this particular way, according to its capacity, according to its nature. This energy, which is coming from the speech of Hashem, which is basically means, what does it mean, the speech of Hashem? Just like the speech of a person is revealing that which was hidden within him. So to speech of Hashem just refers to a divine energy, which is now contracted, limited, coming down to relate to the created beings in a... In a um, particular way, in a detailed way. So this is This is already an influx of energy which is relating to the creative beings in a way of closeness. It's becoming enclosed in them in an internalized way, in a way where it fits according to the nature of each being. Which that is um, a definitely an idea of kiruv. It's not created creating beings by being far from them, by being hidden from them. Rather, it is rela- it's creating them by being inherently related to them by enclosing in them in an internalized way and uh, fitting according to their capacity. To bring into being and to enliven every single creation in a detailed way, each one according to its capacity, according to its measure. So the higher, more refined beings will be able to, which are more of kalim, which are more kalim, meaning more fitting to contain a higher level divine energy will get more influx of energy where lower beings which have more feeling of yeshes of, of feeling of self and are more or less refined will be able to contain only a less a lesser amount and a, meaning a more concealed uh, divine energy so now returning to this verse which we quoted in the beginning the beginning of the see we're saying that also in um, heaven by Hashem, there's in divinity, there's also two ways of the two ways of the drawing down of Hashem's mercy into the, all the worlds. And then we quoted this verse, I will exalt you, my 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 God, the King, and I will bless you, your name, forever and ever. So we said, Melech and Shimcha, they're both synonymous, they're nicknames for the Sfirah of Malchus of Attilus. Um, and Elikai Hamelech, Elikai is Lashon Koyach Vechoylus. It's Hashem's power and ability to create worlds. So Arimim Chal Elikai Hamelech, Baruch Hashem Kol Nivod. These are referring to the two levels of Malchus. The first one we explained is Arimim Chal Elikai Hamelech is the Sfiras of Malchus. Malchus is totally Rimus Vesnasus. It's removed from the subjects from creation. Therefore, like we said, the whole way that a king can be a king over his nation is by being Merumim, by being removed from his subjects <laughs> because that automatically brings out brings out a fear a awe upon the subjects and awe reverence is 
specifically from something which is totally menumen, which is totally removed from you. And the more that the king is removed, the more fear or reverence there will be for the king. And that's why a king cannot be king over just children. Um, so too, Malchus it is it has this, this quality of remus, and it's not like the other, other midas of Atzilus. So therefore, since the whole point of Malchus is to be a king over the nation, meaning to bring about worlds which feel themselves separate, which are limited worlds, which are totally opposite of the theme of, 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 of godliness, which is totally unlimited, therefore it has to be in a way through Malchus, meaning through Remus, which is a creation of Yeshme Ayin, a creation of a being which does not feel its source. So that's the first part of the verse, Ari Mimcha the Remus of Elikai Melech of Malchus, of the energy which comes through Malchus. Now, the second part of the verse is this other idea of Malchus. Malchus, how it has already descended and become more related to the created beings in a, in a particular way. So, and I'll bless your name forever and ever. Turning the page, the first part of the verse, I'll exalt you, my God, the king, is referring to how Malchus is in, it, is in its exalted and removed state, where it is totally not felt within the created beings which it brings into being. Meaning a higher level of Malchus, as we're going to say soon. And then the second part of the verse, and I'll bless your name. This is relating to how, referring to how Malchus comes down and relates to the created beings in a in a close way, where they can sense it, they can feel it. Meaning how Malchus already descends and becomes the Keser, the Atik to Bria, meaning how it already relates to the created worlds of Bria Tirasia. Malchus of the higher worlds, Malchus of Atzilus, now basically descending and becoming the Kesser, becoming the crown, meaning becoming the highest level of the next world below it. This is the level of Malchus, the aspect of Malchus, how it relates to the created beings in a way, in a close way, where they, in a revealed way, where they feel the Ashba of Malchus, enlivening them in an internal way, meaning in a particular way, in each detail, each being according to its capacity. The essence of Malchus and the essence of Malchus, meaning how Malchus is in its natural state in the world of Atzilus, totally absorbed within the revelation of godliness. That's how Malchus has this quality of Remus, being exalted, being removed from the subjects, from the creations. She moved which totally removed from the created worlds of Yitzhia. So that's, I will exalt you, my God, the king is referring to the energy of Hashem, which flows to creation from Malchus of Atzilus, how it's in its um, essential state in the world of Atzilus, not how it not how it is descending and relating to created beings. So that's the aspect of the divine energy which flows through Malchus to create beings which feel themselves separate from godliness, because that's what you need in order to create beings which feel themselves separate from the from the actual energy which is creating them. You need this this veil of Malchus which remains removed and, and, and exalted from the from the subjects, from the created beings. Vorcha Shimcha, Vorcha, doesn't say it here, but seemingly, Bracha is always the idea of Hamshacha. Vorcha will bless your name forever and ever. Your name, Vorcha, I mean, this idea of how Malchus is, the name of Hashem, how Malchus is already becoming more drawn down, Vorcha, to Lo'ilam Vod, to the worlds. Another other places say Lo'ilam Vod, even though here it literally means forever and ever, it could also mean Lo'ilam, to the worlds. So Avorcha will draw down your name, meaning Malchus, how it's already being drawn down to the world, Leilam Vod. So that's the aspect of Malchus, how it's descending from its essential state, totally absorbed within the revelation of God, the of Atzilus, how it's now becoming the source for the lower worlds of Briyat how it's becoming closer to them.
So that's the aspect of Malchus, the Devar Hashem, the speech of Hashem, how it is in, uh, including into every being according to its capacity. And then there's Malchus, how it relates to the creation from its, from its exalted source in just Malchus of Atilis. So these two different states of Malchus, similar to a marshal we were using in the previous Ois, the Melech, how he basically is within his castle and not, you know, being engaged in the affairs of the country. That's just the Melech, how he is in his essential state. Malchus of Atilis, how it's in its um, natural state, absorbed in the energy of Atilis, totally removed from the nation, so to say, removed from the worlds. And then there's the king, how um, we said at the end of Ois Gimel, um, when he is Mislabish La'ayim B'Teva Saprat, he includes himself to be engaged in figuring out the goodness, you know, what's going to be good for each individual person. Like a Melech, a Medina, Ma'ayim B'Teva Sanhagas Medina. Like a king or somebody who runs the country who is now looking into the good of his country. So then he, that's referring to Malchus, how it's already descended to become the source of the created worlds and how it's already relating to the divine energies flowing through Malchus in a way where it relates in a close way to the creations. So now we can return to the two types of, like we said, which we said there's one that comes from the Hergish, from the feeling of closeness, and one that comes from Nemimus, how it applies to Hashem. From these two aspects, these two levels, the stages of Sphiris of Malchus, how it is in its essential state, absorbed in the light of Atsilis, or how it is it's already in its state where it's descending and to relate to the created worlds. From these two levels of Malchus, it are drawn down the two ways, two expressions of the drawing down of Hashem's mercy, of divine mercy, to the worlds. The Aleph, One is the flowing of Hashem's mercy, the drawing down of Hashem's mercy, which is drawn to each world and each creation according to its idea according to its capacity according to its nature according to its level so here is the type of rachmim which is mitzah hergish which comes from the person's feeling like i said in the muscle the person's feeling ability to feel to empathize for each person therefore his empathy is different according to the state of each uh the status of every person the poor person deserves more mercy than the rich person even though the rich person if you had somebody is richer than him also deserves mercy and he has things in his life which he's missing but this is a type of mercy which basically takes into account the state of the subject of the mercy. So this is one type of divine flow of mercy drawn into each world according to its idea. Now that's relating to the lower level of Malchus, how it already relates to the world. To, to the world of Bria, the first world of the created worlds, which is a very high world in which there shines the intellectual attributes of Hashem which is the intellect compared to emotions is obviously in a lot more, a lot higher level, uh, a lot less subjective, more objective, basically um, alluding to the fact that within the world of Bria, which is the intellectual world, which the intellectual faculties of Attila shine into the world of Bria, there's more feeling of godliness, less feeling of self, just like the idea of intellect is less about me and more about the concept which we're trying to understand, whereas the emotions, such as the world of Attila, is more about what I feel about me. So in the world of Bria, there's drawn down a light a divine energy to the souls and the angels which reside in that world and this energy divine energy which is drawn down to them is what the sages say that they take pleasure from the ray of Hashem's divine presence the ray of the Shekhinah 
which that's referring to their comprehension, the pleasure that these souls get from their comprehension of the revelation of divine energy, which happens there. So this is the Hamshacha of Rachim, the Hamshacha, the drawing down of divine mercy, which is to each world, to each creation according to its level. So in the world of Bria, there's drawn down a certain type of mercy or a certain type of revelation, which is fitting to those souls. Like the, the pleasure that the souls in Gan Eden experience and their comprehension of godliness, which they comprehend, and their learning of Torah in Gan Eden. When they learn Torah in the world of Garden of Eden of Gan Eden, after the soul leaves the body after its service in this world, so that is it's an enemy of Eshkena. Basically, it's taking pleasure from learning the secrets of Torah in Gan Eden. So, this is one type of oyer which is drawn down to them the souls in the world of Gan Eden, in the higher level of Gan Eden, in Bria, which is all the theme is comprehension, like I said in which the the intellectual attributes of godliness of the world of Atilas shine therefore the theme of the world of Bria is comprehension of, of godliness Every, any type of asaga comprehension is panemius, meaning it's, it goes inside the person, it's internal and therefore it's called, any type of asaga is called lechem mozim, it's called a bread or a nourishment Literally, like that uh, bread of nourishment, just like the bread you they digest that becomes part of you. So, too, the idea of a sug of comprehension is it becomes part of you. You internalize the idea and it becomes part of your way of thinking. That's why learning Torah is called lechem. Um, and now, and so to this revelation of divine pleasure is also drawn down to the angels according to their, according to their level. They appreciate and comprehend godliness in, in their according to their own level. They also have experience a tainuglifi erech their hasaga, and the neshamis are experiencing a tainuglifi erech their hasaga and the godly energy which is drawn down to them, and it's being drawn down to them in a panemistic way, meaning this whole idea, the whole idea of hasaga is that you appreciate it, meaning that you're internalizing it, that you're you're absorbing whatever you're understanding. So the souls in the world of bria and then the world of bria. The fact that we're saying that their tainuk is deriving from their comprehension means that this, that the oyer which is being nimshach to them must be coming down in a pratistic way, and a fi'erich way, according to their capacity. Therefore, they're able to internalize it, absorb it. So, therefore, we're talking about this level of rachmin, which comes down, which takes into account the level of each creation. Like it says, there. Um, so we're talking about the, the the divine pleasure which the angels experience from their comprehension of godliness. It says, "Lechem abidim, the bread of angels, did a man eat?" Referring to Moshe Rabbeinu, when he was on the um, Har Sinai for forty days, forty nights, receiving the Torah, speaking to Hashem, getting revelations from of the Torah from Hashem. So it says that he didn't eat any bread; he only ate the bread of angels. What does it mean the bread of angels? The sages say, "Lechem shemalachi ashores oichlamese." It's the bread which the the ministering angels eat. What is the bread that they eat? Obviously, they don't eat any physical bread. They were just being sustained, nourished by the their comprehension, their internalizing, their absorbing of the divine energy, of the revelation of divinity, which is in their world of Bria. So also the angels experience this pleasure from their comprehension of, of the divine secrets of, their, of the divine revelation. And that's why it says, by Moshe Beno, he was eating the bread of the angels. So they also have this idea of bread, this internal, absorbed revelation of godliness. The Inyan and the idea when we say that these um, spiritual creatures, so to say, the spiritual uh, angels and souls, which are totally spiritual, divested of all physicality, what does it mean when they're eating? 
obviously they have no body, so they can't digest the actual physical food, and there is no physical food there. Like I explained, it's this idea of comprehension is synonymous with eating in, in its theme, which is internalizing, absorbing something, and becoming until it becomes part of you. So the idea of eating is like, for example, the physical eating. Hare, idea Michael, in the taste of keach, that when you eat something, it gives you more energy. Eating is what makes you have more energy you should be able to go throughout your day with more energy. When less the, you, you, you fasting, you feel weaker. And in a physical world, through this power that you gain from your eating, you're able to learn better, to think properly when you're learning, and to daven properly, to apply your mind and your meditation of davening and your feelings, your heart. And you're able to serve Hashem, blessed is He, properly with this energy that you get from eating. So too we can apply the same idea of eating to energy that one gets from eating to the spiritual idea of eating which happens to the souls and the angels in the world of Bidiyah. They also gain more energy and more power, spiritual energy, spiritual power, spiritual nourishment through their learning of Torah, the secrets of Torah in Gan Eden. And from the spiritual energy which they gain through their learning of Torah, in Gan Eden, they're able to serve their creator, each one according to their capacity, according to their level. So that is referring to the level of Rachim, which is being drawn down, this divine mercy, which is basically a, a revelation of divinity, which is being drawn down according to the specific level and the capacity of every creation. Therefore, in the world of Bria, which is the world of Hasaga, of godly um, comprehension, which relating to the godly faculties of, of intellect, the way that the creations relate to this divine energy there is in a way of a primistic way, internalized, because it's already a mitzuntzimdike energy, an energy which, re- which relates to the capacity of every creation there. And that's why it's called achila. Just like eating is something which becomes part of you, you digest it, so too, this comprehension of the Torah there is what they digest, so to say, becomes part of them, and through that they experience in tainuk, a pleasure, and through that they get more energy to serve Hashem properly. Um... And then, since we're speaking about this level of Rachman, which relates to each creation according to its level, after it goes to Bria, then it goes down lower, it becomes more contracted and condensed and concealed, and it goes and it, reve- it comes revealed in the world of Yitzira, the world of formation, then to the world of creation, of action, the lowest level, to the beings in those worlds according to their capacity. That with the descent to each level, to each lower level, the godly energy becomes more and more contracted, condensed, and diminished. Until this divine energy reaches, or this divine mercy, which is synonymous with this divine energy, the revelation of divine energy reaches our physical world. That when it comes to this physical world, this divine energy becomes expressed in a way of physical nourishment, an actual physical, a blessing to a person that you should have physical bread, physical food to eat. Uh, without any change, without any stopping, meaning the exact same energy now being that's being drawn down from Hashem to each world according to its capacity is now being drawn down into our world according to its capacity, which is translated into physical uh, mozin. And this, the fact that a person has, um, the fact that a person has this energy, this physical, uh, is blessed with physical sustenance in this world is because of Hashem's mercy for him. And there are certain people in this world which are very lowly and they're poor in their mind and their ability to comprehend Hashem. It's as if they're missing all das, missing the ability to connect and to identify and to truly understand godliness in a real way. 
Even to these people, which are truly anim, meaning obviously to a person who's poor in his money, he's poor, but the true poor person is somebody who's poor badas, ain't ani badas. So even to these people that are truly poor um, in their mind, in their ability to comprehend godliness, even to them is drawn down their lechem chukam, their nourishment according to what they need, the einzem and davidosam. So we can't say that they're earning this because of what they've served Hashem, their service to Hashem. Therefore, they earn this food because they're anim badas. They don't have any connection to Hashem in their mind. And they're void of all spirituality here. So why are they deserving this food, this nourishment? It's only because of Rachman. Only because of Hashem's divine mercy. And this type of Rachman, which relates to each creation according to its level, is Mitzad Hergish comes on account of the hergish, this idea of hergish like we spoke about earlier, the empathy, but now divine empathy. Which, when we connect it to divinity, it refers to Hashem individually, has individual providence over every single creation. He individually watches over and every single creation according to its level. The fact that Hashem looks over, watches over every single creation individually, and this fact that Hashem does have individual providence over every single creation is actually the life force and the sustenance of every single creation. So not just the, the fact that we, the way that we think oh, it, the king now watches over the whole kingdom and he has, you know, individuals and cares about every individual and they're, you know, the Teivas Prat. By Hashem, the fact that he watches over, has a Shashkocha on every single creation is actually what gives it its life. If Hashem would remove his Ashkocha, his individual providence, is this watching over every all of creation? The creation would stop to cease to exist. So this is the level of divinity which relates to each creation according to its specific, individual, unique characteristics and qualities. And from that comes a rachmim, which is also the fi erech every creation according to the, the level, according to the needs of that creation. So the higher worlds, the the malachim, the shabbos get a higher revelation of divinity, and their rachmim is expressed in a godly revelation in their learning of Torah. And then the Rachman, the Oyer, descends down to Yitzira and it's expressed in a lower way until it becomes in, into our world where it's expressed in actual food. Like we said, every um, the, the Shamas comprehension is like the idea of eating. Down to, to our world, the fact that people that are truly Anim, Vedas, they're truly, they lack all connection to divinity because they have no ability, they, they're, they're anim, but das, they have basically, they, they have no connection to Hashem in their mind, which is the true way of connecting to Hashem, das is the idea of true connection. So they're not, they're a void, void of, all, of all service of Hashem. So how do they deserve their food? Meaning everything in the Torah is, it says, if you go in my statutes, I'll give you the rain in its time. This person didn't deserve what they have. How are they deserving to eat, to get their sustenance in this world? Only because of the Hamshach of Hashem's Rachim. Hashem is like the king who's in the every single individual. He's seeing what he needs. And therefore, he's aroused with the Rachim, the Fi'erich, the level of that person. So this person is an Ani. So he's poor. It's not his fault. Therefore, he has, Hashem has pity for him. But a pity which is fitting to that person's specific level, which is there in the Ilam Azeh, the physical world is expressed in actual food. Instead of in the higher worlds, the Rachim is expressed in spiritual food. So in this world Hashem Sashkacha Pratis these individual empathies that he has for every creation, that he feels every creation, their matzah what they're going through 
it translates in this world, the Rachman translates to physical food, even though the person might not be fitting and deserve this this hashpa. But Mitzad Rachman, Hashem has this empathy and feels what he's going through and therefore has pity on them. So that is the Rachman Mitzad Hergish, which is the Mitzad coming from the level of Malchus, how it's already descending, relating to creation. But Moshe Bazeh, and the analogy for this, the physical analogy for this, is from the king, like we said, the king, which is now looking into and he's supervising all the needs of and the good and the, you know, what the people of his country need. And he's looking into each individual, each individual city, each individual person. And translating this back to godliness, this is referring to the light of Hashem, which is the Malaklam, which fills all the worlds, meaning the contracted, condensed divine energy, which, which encloses into each creation according to, to its level. That is the level which is basically flowing from Malchus, how it descends to be the source of, of Bria Tiresia. That is the level of Malchus, how it's already being the Dvar Hashem, enclosing into the creations. This level of Ashkacha, this level of Hergish, comes to this level of Malaklam, which is Mislavish into each nivra according to its level, and that's the level of Kirub. Like it says, and you, Hashem, enliven all of them, give life to all of them individually. Referring to the divine energy and the light, divine energy, which is drawn down to every single creation individually. And this is the flow of divine energy from Malchus being channeled through Malchus, which is felt in a close way to the subjects of that, to the creations. Because it's already a condensed level, a level where the king, Hashem, is descending from his essential state and relating to the creations with Ashkacha Pratis, with the individual providence, and therefore feeling what the mercy of each creation needs. The spiritual creations, their mercies is, is translated into spiritual sustenance, where the physical creations, their mercy is translated into a physical sustenance, even though they might not be deserving of it. And that's the whole idea of mercy, of pity. Even though they're not deserving, I still want to give them. Now the second type of influx of this divine mercy which comes from the hisnasis of Malchus how Malchus is in its essential state absorbed in the area of Atsilis and the energy of Atsilis and removed from this creations That is the types of divine mercy which is drawn down on account of the the exaltedness and the uplifted, disconnected, removed aspect quality of the attribute of Malchus, how it is totally removed and exalted from the created worlds of Bria That is this Hashbah So then when Malchus is relating to creation from its essential state, it remains totally uplifted and disconnected from the subjects, from the creations, and that is this, from that flows the type of Rachmim, which is because of the, uh, of the um, Isnasus, like we said, which is a type of Rachmim, which is equal to everybody, like we're going to say. Seemingly, at first glance, when you're talking about this Rachmim, which comes on account of the Remus, of the exalted state of Malchus, so this type of Rachmim, this type of mercy, should have been only specifically directed towards the shuffle, for the lowly. Meaning, when we're talking about divine mercy, what is the truly, truly lowly? The this physical world, which is the lowest of all the chain of creation. And it should not be applicable to the higher worlds, the spiritual world of Briya Because the, um, 
like we said before, the teva of the menumim is, is to have rachmanus on the shuffle. The nature of the exalted being is to have mercy and to be drawn, to be attracted to the lowly being. And that is a nature which is ingrained within humans because that is the nature of in, of divinity. Like we quoted the verses before. So that's what we would seem to think that from this type of Remus, the Rachim should only be the Rachim should only be drawn down to the lowest world. But however, when Malchus is in its essential state and it's totally removed and disconnected from the created worlds of Biyah, not felt within, not sensed within those created worlds at all. So the world of Bria, which is the highest world within this category of the greater worlds of Bia, so there is drawn down to that that highest world of Bria, divine mercy, just like there is drawn down divine mercy to this lowest world of this physical world of which we are in. Why? Because both of them, Bria and Asiya, are totally insignificant and as if they don't exist compared to the state of Malchus that's in its, in its essential state, totally absorbed within the divine revelation of Atzilus. Like we said earlier, that compared to the king, the physical example we said, the compared to the king, the greatest minister and the lowliest, the lowest poor person are totally equal. Because he is a, the Jewish definition of the king, not just a person who has decided to be king, but because he it essentially, inherently, he has a king, king-like qualities, which basically means that he is totally above the whole nation. Even his emotions are above the intellect of the nation. So he's on a totally different realm. And just like um, something which is in a different realm, you can't compare. So everything below it, just like when you compare um, a million at one to infinity, a million is no more closer to infinity than one is because their infinity is not within the realm of numbers, finite numbers. So too, both of these levels of Bria, even the highest level of Bria to Asiya are totally equal compared to um, this state that Malchus is, is in its essential state in Atzilus. Now we return to the beginning of this Mimer, which we were asking questions on this phrase which we say in the Blessings of Shema. So this is the deeper meaning and what we're trying to bring across here when we're, when we're requesting from Hashem. We say, God of the world, with your great abounding mercies, have mercy upon us. Um, so just to go back to recap what we said about this, it's in the first blessing of the blessings of before the Shema. And so we preface these two blessings and we ask for Hashem's divine mercy before we fulfill the mitzvah, the important mitzvah of Shema, which includes the unity of Hashem's name, the love of Hashem, learning Torah, everything is dependent upon these ideas. So we make these two blessings. In the first blessing, we ask, So we said, That's that was one diuk we made. Your mercy implies not just any type of mercy, could have said Rachman Rabbim, Brachman Rabbim, Rachmalinu, with great mercy. That would be referring to a lower level of Rachman. Brachmecha, your mercy, meaning the mercy which is directly coming from Hashem's very essence. So we have to understand the fact that we were asking, we're asking for essential mercy. Specifically, why are we asking for that level of mercy before we're saying the Shema? And also, um, 
why concerning these mercies does it say Rabin? Abundant. Let me ask some other questions, but why we say this also, this idea of asking for Hashem's mercy in the second blessing, which is Ava Salem, which is seemingly redundant. Hashem's love, essential love for us, automatically brings to mercy. And that we're going to get into in the future at Maimarim. It seems that this Maimarim is not going to answer all the questions that we spoke about in the beginning of this Maimarim because these next two Maimarim are actually a hemshech and continuation in the explaining, explaining the blessing of the Shema. So, going back to the Maimarim, this is the deeper meaning of this request that we say for Hashem's great abounding mercies, which are stemming directly from His essence. Liyes hu who Amiti being that Hashem may be blessed is the truly exalted being, meaning other, obviously the king who's exalted, removed from his subject subjects. In the end, at least he's still a human, so he's still in the same realm as the other human beings. Whereas Hashem, he's he, you can truly call him Amirim Amiti in the truest sense because he is truly exalted, removed from the whole realm of creation. So being that Hashem is truly exalted, truly removed from the realm of creation, and and the person, human being, is the utmost, the true, authentic, lowest being, and with the utmost shiflus. Um, how is a human being the lowest? Because being that a person, Hashem gave, specifically we're talking about the Adam in the sense of a, a Yiddish person here, the being that Hashem gave us free choice. He gave us free choice to choose good or bad. Like it says in the Torah, it says, I'm given before you good and bad, life and death, choose life. We have the ability to choose. So from this ability that we have, so a person can has the ability to choose evil, to do the wrong thing against Hashem's will. So that shows you already that this he is the lowest being. Why? And the fact that he can, he has the potential to choose bad, to choose wrong, to choose evil. He is worse even than all than all animals. Who animals do never go against their their godly purpose. They have no choice, so they always are doing what Hashem wants from them. Whereas a person can even go against his purpose, what Hashem wants from him, to transgress Hashem's will. Even though you might ask, the whole idea of Bechira is actually, it shows it's a maila, it shows a superior quality that people have. That even though I have this choice, I still choose good, it shows on this deep connection that a person has to Hashem's very essence. Only in Hashem's essence has this idea of Bechira, of free choice. So even though the fact that a person was given free choice, it's actually for the person's good and for his uh, uplifting, meaning to bring him to a higher level. This is the whole general purpose in this idea of free choice, that a person should use his free choice and overcome the evil, and through making that choice, he actually ascends to higher levels. Through overcoming his Yitzhah and overcoming all the evil and making free choice, that's what brings a person, the human, to the highest level. But the fact that he still has the potential of a this is only when a person chooses good. Does he, does he get this superior quality which comes about through choice? But if it would happen that a person would choose evil, then he would be truly a shuffle, a lowly being, and even worse, even on a lower level than animals. The fact that a person has this potential, that he could 
go against, he could choose to go against Hashem, that itself already shows that he's a lowly being. No other beings have this ability to choose to go against Hashem. So, being that Hashem is the true, the truly exalted being, removed from, from the realm of creation, and that the human, the Yid, is the truly most um, lowly being, and the fact that we see that he can even choose to go against Hashem, even lower than animals. So from that, we see... So when a person prays with deep concentration and focus during the verses of praise, during Davani, which in those verses of praise, we speak about the greatness of Hashem and the lowliness of creation compared to Hashem. And we speak about requesting for Hashem's mercy along with the request we have for Hashem's mercy in the in the creation. But the main point here is the Zimna, we speak about the greatness of Hashem we realize how Hashem is truly the the truly exalted being and how all of creation is totally nothing compared to Him. And during Pesukah de Zimra, He doesn't just say these words of verses of praise, but He actually focuses on them and He meditates and He contemplates on the deeper meaning behind them, the fact that what's the message of Pesukah de Zimra, that all of creation is being enlivened by Hashem every moment, when he feels the lowliness of himself and how compared to this amazing being that gives life to everything he is totally nothing so after all that during the blessings of Shema that's when he's aroused to request mercy from Hashem to have pity on this lowly being that I am after thinking about how great you are Hashem and how much you've created all this amazing world and how you enliven everything and bring everything into existence, and how I'm just this lowly being that has the ability to go against you. All of a sudden, a person comes to the blessings of Shema and he says, "Oh, I need, I need, I need Rachman. That's what Pesukah Zimra automatically brings to you if you think about the content of Pesukah Zimra. So he's aroused with, to request Hashem for mercy. So he pleads to Hashem, the God of the world, like we say, Hashem Elokei with your great abounding mercy, please have mercy upon us. Being that we said earlier that the we're saying Hashem, the, the nature like which you've revealed to us through your prophets, the nature of the exalted being is to be attracted, to be drawn down to the lowliest being. I am the lowliest being and I recognize that now after thinking about the content of Pesukah Zimna and I recognize also that you are the truly, the true exalted being. So please have mercy on me uplift me, help me be able to recognize your presence, to recognize that you, that your unity, and to do your will, and help me to be able to fulfill the whole content of Shema, which is going to be, basically everything is dependent upon Shema. That recognition, recognition that Hashem is the only true existence, and therefore I want to love Him, and I want to connect to Him through learning, and, and davening, and, and doing mitzvahs. Please Hashem have mercy on me to bring me up from this lowly state, so I should be able to properly fulfill the idea of Shema. So that's why we're saying, we say, your your essential mercy. Please, Hashem, have mercy on us. Why the essential mercy? Because we're talking about here, this level of Malchus, how it's totally the mercy which stems from the Isnasus. The Malchus, how it's, it is in its essential state. Which compared to that, the highest world, the lowest world, is all equal. Um, so we're asking specifically from Hashem's essential mercies. The deepest level of mercy. Not the mercy which takes into account, which already comes down and relates to creation in a finite way, which that's not the greatest level of mercy, which won't bring the person to the highest level. We're asking specifically for Hashem's essential mercies, 
also because at this moment we we've come to recognize Hashem's essential, His 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 truly exalted being, and how lowly we are, and we know that what is drawn to the lowly, what is attracted to the lowly, the truly exalted. So therefore, we're asking for that truly exalted level of the Rachman. The Rachmecho, your essential mercies, which are rooted in Hashem's very essence. That's the level of Malchusad's in its essential state. And Rabim, abundant because specifically these, this mercy is the most abundant mercy because it's stemming from the highest level, but also because it applies equally to all creations, to all levels, equally, like we said. Whereas the mercy which comes from Hergish, the, from level of Malchus, how it relates to creation, that's a mercy which is more limited. It takes into account the status of every being, and therefore... The Rachim is not equal and is not as abundant. Here, when, when, the, when the Rachim is being nimshech from Hashem's very essence, the mercy is equally applicable to everybody, so therefore it's a lot more abundant, and that's why we're describing this essential mercy as abundant. And the influx of that energy obviously will be a lot more abundant because it's coming from Hashem's very essence, which is the truly infinite being. That is why we're requesting before the Shema, for please Hashem have mercy on me as a truly lowly being to bring me up, to help me, to recognize your oneness when I say the Shema, which I'm about to do, and these blessings leading up to the Shema. That we finish the Mimer, and then the next Mimer will be a continuation of these explanations and blessings of Shema.